This is the Bates Bobcast, our weekly podcast that takes a look at the week that was in Bates Athletics. My name is Aaron Morrison. This week we're talking golf and tennis with Bobcats of the Week, Maddie Quay and Matthew Danielson. Plus, we break down a hole-in-one with Bates' first-year men's golfer, Henry Ehrlich. All that and more coming up on the Bates Bobcast. The men's golf team competed at the Bowden Invitational over the weekend, and first-year Henry Ehrlich shot a 79 on Saturday, the lowest round of the day for Bates. But that's not what he'll remember. On hole five at Brunswick Golf Club, Ehrlich recorded his first career hole-in-one. Tell me about that hole. What went through the preparation, the swing? When did you realize, oh, my God, that might go in? So it was shotgun start format. So it was the fifth hole, but it was not my fifth hole. Uh, that day I had started on the uh, ninth hole. Um, so this was my one of my kind of last holes, right? Short par three, 115 yards. Uh, pin was kind of in the back. And so it was a, just a good number for me. Uh, not in between clubs or anything. Just kind of hit a really good shot. Never left the flag stick. Bounced about a foot in front of the hole and then kind of landed behind it and spun back in. It was really sweet. Um, and I, when it first went, I mean, when it went in, I was just kind of stood there, like, shocked. Like, what just happened? Like, my stomach totally dropped. And I'm like, oh, my God. I mean, it's one of those things where you always want it to happen, but you never expect it, right? Brandon Cardo said you used a gap wedge yeah. for that shot. So take us through 50 degree, yeah. how do you select the type of club you're using on that type of distance, sort of. In general, the golf club, all golf clubs have different lofts. Yeah. And the less loft, the further the, the ball is going to go when you strike it. In theory. In theory. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so um, for me, you know, the gap wedge was great number. I can 115 to 125 is perfect for that club. And just through practice and – you know, a lot of repetitions, which hopefully we can get more of uh, over the winter. Um, I just knew that number was going to work out. This year, we're very fortunate to have a track man, which is kind of a launch monitor, mm-hmm. um, which allows us to hit indoors or outdoors, and you can kind of see all the numbers of your golf shot. So how much the ball is spinning, how far it goes, how far it goes after it lands, Um where, how you're swinging the club, if you're swinging it to the right or to the left or underneath or over the top. So um, kind of a mix of that. And also it's incredibly lucky. <laughs> I mean, there's, I, like you can, as you can say, you, want, you, try, you, you try to do as, as, as much as you can, but the odds of a hole-in-one are, what, one in a lot. Right. So it's <laughs> a lot of luck. Exactly. Well, I mean the- – did your teammates or your coach witness it along with you? No. So oh. <laughs> my coach was on the last hole. Okay. Uh, I hit. Uh, so it, it's one of those weird courses. It's got back to back par three. So the whole whole four was a par three as well. Hit a nice shot, but ended up with a three putt bogey, which was kind of the theme of the weekend um, for me. Um, on that hole, and he saw that, so I'm like, oh. <laughs> and then uh, walk over to the next par three. Make a hole in one, which was pretty crazy, uh, and then but he was not there. And then someone told him, I guess, and so he sprinted over, 
when we were waiting on the next tee box. Teammates were not there, but um, junior John Kawakami was on the next tee box, and I just told him kind of nonchalantly, just because I was still like right. in shock, like what the heck just happened. Uh, and he was he kind of I mean he was really excited. Um, as I mean, as he should be, as I should have been, right? Um, but no, no one was there to witness it. But I assume you were at a playing partner who probably witnessed it, right? Right, yeah. 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 So I had three group members that yeah. all kind of freaked out, which was fun. And then uh, one of my playing partner's parents were both there. Oh, and nice. they saw it, and so they were going crazy too, which was fun. But yeah, that was definitely a, a highlight of highlight of the weekend. <laughs> Excellent. Well, it sounds like putting something you're working on a little yeah. bit. Tell us about, you know, trying to grow that part of your game. Oh, yeah. Putting is one of the most, I mean, the whole game of golf is pretty subjective. Uh, everyone can do things their own way, right? And you can still be really good at it. Like, if you look at the tour guys, they all, they all a lot of them swing it so differently, but they're all so good. It's, it's just kind of what you can make work with a lot of repetitions and how consistent you can have it. So in the putting stroke... Um, it's just kind of trying to find what works right for me and what I can keep consistent. And that's just a lot of practice, you know, a lot of time on the putting green, rolling three footers, six footers, lag putts. And that's, you know, just trying to keep uh, the putt number down. But that also has to do with chipping. Because mm. so, when you don't hit the green, you want to hit it close to give yourself the best chance of one putting, right? A theme of the Bates golf team in general is a uh, a short game that's sort of lacking. Okay. Um, just compared compared to general ball striking ability. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, short game is the most important thing in scoring. As when you're not striking it well, it's what's going to save you. Right. We've got the CBB coming up this weekend, which mm-hmm. I'm so excited for. Yeah. And then the Colby Classic the next day. So that should be a, this should be a really fun weekend. We really want to go out and win that at our home course. You know, we haven't done great this year. We did we did all right at Williams, but I think this is our opportunity to show everybody that we mean business. Martindale, you mentioned the home course. What's right. what's it like there, you know, training there? Well, a lot of the so coming from a different part of the very different part yeah. of the country, um, I've noticed like just the golf is way different, you know. The way the ball bounces, especially on chip and approach shots. Um, is kind of the main difference I've seen. But a lot of these courses up here in New England are just, like, kind of funky, a lot of dog legs, um, not as long courses, but it really helps to know the course. Mm-hmm. Like, I know last year at Nesc- at the NESCAC Championships, Hamilton, by the numbers, was not the best team. But since they were hosting, they killed it. Right. Because they had a, like us, have, like, a... a kind of a wacky home course that playing it every day really helps. Um, so just in the past three we- three or four weeks now, it's just really helped to play that course every day in terms of preparing for not only this tournament but also the NESCACs um, in the spring because it's really going to – it really helps to know that course. Yeah, Bates is hosting, as you mentioned, the NESCAC championships at Martindale this spring and after the fall season, of course. But um, take us back to when you were growing up. How did you first get – you know, interested in golf and start playing golf? Well, it's funny. Um, everyone asks this, and <laughs> no one in my family plays. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, my dad will play casually with me, um, and that's always a fun time, but he doesn't go out of his way to get any better. Uh, 
I I kind of started playing seriously in eighth grade. Uh, I'd kind of, I mean, hit it around off and on before then, but not nothing really. And then freshman year of high school, started playing on the team, and then just really loved it. I mean, and COVID, I say that all the time was, you know, kind of a savior for the. I mean, in terms of the golf game, it wouldn't be any good because every day after school, I could just go and play. I think, yeah, the last maybe two, two three years ago was when I really started to pick it up and said, this is something I want to be good at. I love it. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's one of those things where you can never quite, you can never be quite good enough. You know? Right. It's a, you can always be better. Even the pros will tell you after they shoot a career best round, they'll say, well, I could have done this better right. on hole 12, you know. That's that's what I love about it. That you can always there's always things to get better at. Well, and I feel like yeah, during COVID, um, it's one of the few things you could do because right? right. I mean, it was totally. so, socially distanced in outdoors. Right, outdoors. Yeah. You yep. know, socially distanced, and it's a great way to meet people as well for me. Yeah. Um, and I also kind of before I started playing seriously, caddied at a local country club, mm. um, and that was just a great way to learn about the game more, how people played it like what their strategies were, and then also just a way to network and meet people Yeah. Um, for future things. Now, you're from Portland, Oregon. How did Bates get on your radar across the country here? From my high school, there's a lot of kids that yes. will go here. You know, there's a lot of people on the women's soccer team mm-hmm. from OES. Uh, I think now there's nine or ten kids from my high school here, which is pretty, I mean, that's pretty incredible. Yeah. Um, but so somewhat of that, you know, just kind of the reputation at the high school, it's well known. And then I wanted, you know, a small liberal arts college with strong academics and um, the East Coast was really attractive to me when I came and visited um, and I wanted to play golf. What were your talks like with, uh, you know, Brendan Croto about the opportunity to be on the golf team and stuff? Uh, you know, it was pretty uh, late. I was kind of talking to other schools. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I visited Bates, I was like, um, oh, my God, this is so great. This is totally where I want to be. And so around, must have been around now, or maybe a little later, mid-October, I was like, hey, I think, Coach, I'd really like to come here. Because I talked to him before briefly, but, yeah, Coach, I'd really like to come here. What's it, what's it going to look like? Um, and so... He was like, great, you know, it's going to work out. I did 81. Mm-hmm. Um, and it worked out. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm just, yeah, really grateful for that, that it worked out that easy because I saw, I mean, a lot of my friends in high school were really stressing out into right. April. And yeah. So I was really glad to have that time. Yeah, you knew where you were going for most of your senior year. Right. Then. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Excellent. Well, any other thoughts you wanted to share kind of about your you know first season of college golf? We haven't got to talk about anything? Um, I'll just say this. I, I, I think from the perspective of, I mean, I don't know, it's crazy to I mean, even think that I guess I'm a quote-unquote student athlete. But um, <laughs> I guess from the perspective of a student athlete, it's for the uh, first – kind of two weeks, I had a really hard time mm. kind of mentally settling in and, you know, finding my feet. I didn't even, I didn't totally feel like myself on the course. I would just say to everyone, you know, keep, you know, doing what you love yeah. and doing, uh, 
what you know works well for you because it'll it'll materialize. It'll come out well. Well, CBB tournament this weekend at Martindale Country Club. Make sure you check out GoBatesBobcats.com for the start time. Uh, Henry Ehlers, thanks so much for joining us on the Bobcats. Really appreciate it. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. The women's golf team finished runner-up to York College at the two-day Williams Classic over the weekend, continuing a strong start to the year for the Bobcats. Sophomore Maddie Quay turned in a terrific performance, winning individual medalist honors with a 76 on Saturday and a 77 on Sunday. And she is our female Bobcat of the Week. I really wanted to go into this weekend with like a steady mindset because that's really important in golf and um, I wanted to I wanted to do well and because um, last weekend like I didn't do as well so this weekend I was like okay I have to do well I'm going to do well and um, I just kept a steady pace kept my rhythm and I was in the, the zone the whole weekend, which is really great, it's, um, it's, but it's kind of hard to get into the zone. Any particular holes that kind of stand out? You know, it's a two-day tournament, but any kind of moments that stand out to you? Right. On the last hole of um, the second day, so the very last hole, it was a par three, and um, it's downhill, and I was a little nervous because it's my last hole, you know, I was thinking to myself, you, you, you know, just – just hit your shot, like don't mess up. It's the last hole. You're almost done, but um, and so I, you know, lined up my shot and I hit my shot and it went one foot from the hole. Wow! And then I just I made the putt, I tapped it in, and I got a birdie. So that was a great way to end the whole entire weekend. Yeah. Awesome. And then how soon after that final hole were you told, hey, you won this thing? Um. <laughs> Just a while after when the score started going in, um, we looked at our championship um, because there was two. Right. And um, my teammates were came up to me and they were like, "You might, you might, you might win the tournament." And I, I, I wasn't even focused on that. I was just focused on my round, and I was happy that I had a good weekend. So, just an extra bonus. Yeah. What was it like there? You know, having that ceremony there. It looks like they had some sort of award ceremony there at the end, right? Yeah, it felt good because I feel like my hard work paid off because I really focused to try to um, keep it steady to, you know, get to produce good um, scores. And um, it was a little new because I don't I wouldn't have thought that, like, I would have won something um, with so many people Mm. at like there were so many schools there and so many people there. but I'm really proud of myself, and um, I'm happy that I did well, and I'm excited for next week to keep to keep this mindset. Yeah. Excellent. Well, how about the team as a whole? Because I feel like the team is just having a, a breakthrough year. You know, some really good results this season. You all won at Wesleyan, uh, got second there at Williams, and you won individually. And Ruby's won a couple times as a first year. So what's this group like? I was really excited for this year um, because we have new freshmen, and um, I was really excited for that. Um, they're going to be a great, adi- they are a great addition to the team. And, um, a- along with that, everyone on the team has been working so hard over the summer. So a lot of people have improved and, um, the whole team in general just wants to do well and keep doing well. And, um, it's kind of a new, we have a new like mindset to, to do well. And I think our mindset and our hard work is going to pay off as you can already see, 
um, this season. The goal is to make NESCAC as a team, right? I mean, NESCAC yes. fall qualifiers coming up in a couple weeks. So yes, in how, two weeks. Yeah, how excited are you for that tournament coming up? Um, I'm excited. I think we're playing at Amherst. Sounds yeah, right. Because yeah. they won last year, so I think we're playing there this year. Um, I'm honestly a little nervous because it's NESCAC qualifiers, but um, I am excited to, once again, just um, keep steady, and I'm excited for the team to really like show what they can do and then you know what areas of your game in particular have you been focused on kind of like you know you had a good year last year as as a first year and now as a sophomore what do you keep trying to work on each week um I really am trying to work on getting into my groove into my rhythm because that's really important for me as a player um if I just keep my tempo slow and steady that and calm then everything kind of just flows. So, and, you know, that also ties in, like, mentally and physically. Um, yeah, I just have to keep, like, my rhythm going. And that's what I focus on every time. Great. Who's the social media guru for the golf team? Because I saw some, you know, TikToks and, like, uh, what music do you listen to before the who, – whose idea are those? So – um, as a team, we want it. We kind of want to revamp our Instagram, yeah. add a few TikTok video, like the reels on Instagram videos. We want to post more, and like just as a team, we want that. And um, Alex has been helping with that, and she has like um, part of the uh, part of the account like is on her phone, so uh-huh. we can we can like get a more personal view through there. And um, I love making like those kinds of TikToks. So um, I think it's just really fun and it gets like the team going and together. So um, you'll definitely see many more of those and we're definitely going to be posting a lot more and uh, making more reels. So I'm excited for that. Too. Awesome. And, and you can get the coach involved. I saw Abby Spector was featured there. What What's been like working with her? Abby is great. Um, yes, we included her in that <laughs> video too. Um and um, it's great working with her. She she works very well with the team and individually. She knows how each of us work. She knows how the team works together. And she's also super committed to um, making sure that all of us do our very best. Um, and we hope we have super a lot of fun with Abby. Awesome. What are your thoughts you wanted to share on this past weekend's tournament or the season as a whole we haven't got to talk about yet or anything? I'm having a lot of fun with the team. And I was really excited to come back and um, meet the new freshmen and like get it, get our team going on the season. And so far um, it's been looking good and I know that we're gonna continue to keep this up and I know that we can do even better. Awesome, Maddie Quay, uh, individual medalist there at Williams. Thanks so much for joining us on the Bobcast, really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Aaron. Both tennis teams turned in excellent performances over the weekend. The women's tennis team traveled to Williamstown, Massachusetts for the ITA New England Championships. Senior captain Joanna Atwater and junior Allie Friedman teamed up in doubles to advance to the quarterfinals, and Friedman won a pair of matches in the A singles flight to get to the round of 16. We will have this impressive duo on next week's episode of the Bobcast. This week... We are joined by men's tennis junior Matthew Danielson, who advanced to the C-Flight Singles Finals at last weekend's Middlebury Invitational, and teamed with senior Leo Kupferman to win their first-round match in the A-Flight Doubles Tournament.
And Matthew Danielson is our male Bobcat of the Week. First of all, Matthew, I mean, this weekend at Middlebury seems like it went really well up and down the, the lineup kind of well throughout the A through D flights and in doubles as well. Tell us about how it went from your perspective. Yeah, I mean, I remember going here last year to the Middlebury Invitational, and none of us really went through the first round. We had like one or two guys. But this year, we had four out of our five doubles teams go past the first round. In singles, we had multiple guys go to the semifinals, and I was lucky enough to make to the finals. So that was great. I thought the team did really well. So much improvement from last year. We have no seniors last year, so the same team, and we're just growing as a team. Yeah, take us through kind of your journey through the uh, C flight there at singles all the way to the championship match. Um, yeah. I started off, well, we tournament starts with doubles, so we got two doubles okay. warm-up games, so that was nice. And then we went in, I moved indoors, played a kid from Skidmore, freshman. He was solid, uh, took care of him. Then a few hours, a few hours later, we moved on to, I think I played a kid from RPI. Solid match. He was a good player. And then that was the end of Saturday. Then Sunday, started outside, cold, in the 40s, and took care of a kid from Brandeis. Scrappy kid, and then fell to Tufts in the final. And so, I mean, for you, that's like, you know, your multiple matches. Saturday, it sounds like a really busy day. Doubles and Mm -hmm. singles. So how do you, like, recover between matches and prepare for the next one, sort of? Yeah, uh, for doubles, my partner and I, we won our first match in a tie break really close. So we had about a five-minute break and quick turnaround right back out. So no recovery. Yeah. Uh, And then after the second doubles, we had a solid hour rest. So I did a quick stretch, eat a little bit of food, hydrate play the first singles then I had like two hours in between the next singles match so stretch eat rest watch some of our teammates play cheer them on and then go back out there so back-to-back doubles matches like that I mean how do you approach that I mean, no you kind of knew if you won the first one you'd have mm-hmm. to play pretty yeah. much right away right I mean you approach it it's kind of nice because you really are still in rhythm okay right? you just yeah. won you're feeling good you go right back out there and just start competing again so it's honestly the best way to do it. Who was your doubles partner this weekend? Uh, Leo Kupferman. Okay, what's He's a, a senior. Yeah, what's it like playing with him? Uh, this was actually our first tournament we played together, and it was great, honestly. Um, we're trying out some new doubles teams this fall, and I think he and I have really clicked, and it's been a good experience so far. You mentioned again to watch some of your teammates. Any matches that stand out that you got to watch? I got to watch our freshman, our one freshman, Teo, mm. grind out. Uh, he eventually lost, but he had a nice indoor Surf fest. They were both serving really well. It was a fun match to watch. Great. And then um, for you, I mean, you know, what does it mean to you to, in terms of your progress to get to that, you know, finals of your of your flight there? What, what does that say maybe about where your game is at? Uh, I think it says a lot. I know overall the team, we didn't have the season we wanted last year, and we all came in and did a lot better this first tournament. And me in particular, it's always been, for me, focusing mentally and staying positive, and I think I did that very well this weekend and got through three really good opponents into the finals, so I was very proud of that. Great, and then um, tell us about your background, I guess. Growing up in Florida, mm-hmm. um, tennis obviously probably pretty big down there. Yeah, huge. Yeah. So how do you first get started with the sport? Well, I grew up playing soccer and tennis. You could play it year-round, obviously, in Florida. Um, and then middle school, I switched over straight to tennis, um, focused on that. The competition is very fierce down in Florida. Uh, lots of academy players, so IMG, I'm sure you've heard of. They have a good tennis program and everything. Um, so those local tournaments were pretty intense and tough. So it's really, yeah. Well, how did Bates get on your radar for college? Uh, well, I always knew I wanted to go to a small school, academically focused school. Uh, wasn't good enough for D1. Um, no really big, no really small schools in Florida that are academic 
be focused as much as like, you know, UF and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and my dad went to Williams, so we knew the NESCAT schools and started looking at all the schools up here and Bates stood out. What's it been like working with, you know, Coach Paul Gassingate through the years, a guy who, who went to Bates and was an mm-hmm. All-American and kind of knows what it takes, right? Uh, honestly, it's probably one of the biggest draws for coming to Bates. Mm-hmm. I, Bates wasn't on my radar till I guess, the summer before my senior year, and I met him in a showcase. And he and I have a great relationship. He's a great coach, and that's really – I worked with him that summer. And I was like, yeah, I really want to come here. So I did it overnight and then shortly after committed. Awesome. Now you have ITAs this weekend at, mm-hmm. at Bowdoin. Um, did you go last year to ITAs? We did. We got a couple of doubles teams in. Mm-hmm. Because we're so close, if the draw doesn't fill up, they ask Bates or Colby to bring in some extra doubles teams. So gotcha. I was able okay. to go. Yeah. <laughs> um, and this year, we still don't know who's going. They're okay. still working on the draw. We'll find that out tomorrow. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. And then so if you do get to go again, what do you, what do you kind of learn from your last experience there? Hopefully I don't play indoors. <laughs> they have the really slow indoor mm. courts, and for doubles, it's just tough transitioning from playing outside right into those courts, especially when you've played on them before. Um, but if we play there again, I'll be ready for it. So It's funny, the indoor-outdoor thing, because at Bates, I feel like the indoor court is a huge advantage for the mm-hmm. team, right? No, now, take us through why that is at Bates, whereas a disadvantage for you maybe at Bowdoin. Yeah, well... For Bowdoin and Colby, they have indoor, really nice indoor facilities, but their courts are very slow, mm-hmm. slower than the outdoor hard. We're here at Bates. Our courts, Merrill, are very, very fast, Okay, so faster than the outdoor courts, and that throws off a lot of opponents when we come in. That's how we were able to beat MIT last spring because mm-hmm. they came in and they just had no rhythm. And so do you enjoy the indoor surface here? Yeah. yeah. You learn to love it. Yeah. <laughs> you learn to love it. Right. Yeah. Now, and obviously Wallach is a beautiful facility. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, I, I know the men will have the, their own Wallach Invitational later on this fall, right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, this following, after the ITAs this weekend, is the Wallach. And is that, uh, how do you, what's that like maybe compared to the others? Is there less pressure or more pressure because of your own court? <laughs> Uh, I think it's pretty great because we all get to play. Yeah. We're on the team. We have a large team. Right. Um, whereas with the in Middlebury, only some of us got to travel. Mm-hmm. Uh and it's nice you don't have to travel. So it's yeah. right here. You just wake up, go over, cheer on your teammates. So it's a good atmosphere. You mentioned the mental side of the sport and something that's been, something you've been working mm-hmm. on. Uh, what in particular, like, how do you kind of approach that? Well, there's many different ways you can approach it. I approach it mostly. I always get stressed and tight or used to. But now you just got to focus on one point at a time, you know, just working on moving your feet, just effort. Focus on effort and compete. That's what our – team always does which we focus on if you have good compete good things happen so that's really what we want to do um and if you stay in that mindset we call it our mode it turns out pretty well great and looking ahead to the spring you got a NESCAC season in last year it was you're a junior but that was really your first real NESCAC mm-hmm. season last year so what, what do you kind of learn from that experience about the competition you face up here uh NESCAC has good tennis teams yeah they have some of the best teams in the country uh we were there for a lot of the matches mm-hmm. they're no one's really blowing us off the court. Um, and so I think we learn a lot. We gain a lot of confidence, and we're hoping this year we can actually make a mark, get some wins. What's the team dynamic like, kind of, like in terms of, you know, this year it is a lot of seniors, whereas before there, mm-hmm. was, there, was, there weren't. It really feels the same because, mm-hmm. I mean, it's the same team. Yeah. You have one freshman. He's fit in seamlessly, mm-hmm. so that's been great. Um, a bunch of great guys. I think a lot of unique personalities. I mean, I find tennis breeds a lot of – unique people, especially since you're always out there by yourself and you all come from different ways of life. I mean, but it's been great. 
Awesome. Well, any other thoughts on this past weekend you wanted to share? We haven't got to talk about yet or anything? No, I mean, I'm just looking forward to ITA's weekend and Wallach. Sounds good. Matthew Danielson, thanks so much. Thank you. The football team fell in the Bobcats' home opener by a score of 35-7 to on Saturday to Tufts. Head coach Matt Coyne joins us for our weekly interview to break down his team's performance. Well, coach, it seems like, you know, trying to establish that run early in the game, it seems like short yard situations, at least has, the first two games, have been kind of an issue. What are you guys focusing on in practice to try to get those short yard situations kind of, you know, so you can convert those first downs, basically? Yeah, I think it's, uh, it's a little disappointing because we had the look that we wanted and, you know, we seem to be one one player off on certain plays at times. Um, you know, the short yardage, obviously we know they're going to load the box, but we had the right look and we just missed a key block on that situation um, in that moment. And again, as we talked about last week with where we're at, like the margins are super thin and uh, those instances really come back to bite you, um, you know, when you can't convert and keep the momentum rolling. Um, Cause I did think we did some good things on the ground early on. And um, you know, again, we were, we made some plays early on. Obviously, the first drive was a long drive that, um, you know, unfortunately, we, we did well for 13 plays and made them earn it. But on the last play, we just cut a guy loose. And it's one, you know, one one or two people that are just on the same page. And, again, it's just, uh, you know, we need to clean that up. We need to do better in that area of communication um, to make sure that we're accounting for the people in those situations. Um, I thought, you know, Colton Bosley coming off the bench at quarterback, had threw one interception, but seemed to get the offense going a little bit. What did you kind of see from him coming off the bench there? Yeah, I think Colton's got experience, and uh, you know this week will be big for him as well in preparation for Colby. He'll be he'll be rolling in as a starter for Colby. Um, you know Liam dealing with an injury, um, but Colton's been you know works works his tail off, and and I think you know just getting the comfort factor again. I think it's one of those things where. Uh, using Tufts as an example, that's a team that's very experienced and been in a system for many years. So it's, it, it takes a little bit of time and, um, you know, it's just we're shooting ourselves in the foot in some situations and, and not taking some things that I think we could take based off the looks we're getting there. And I think that comes with overall comfort. Um, and again, just making sure as coaches we do a better job of trying to um, help them understand there is freedom within the, the offense. Like, and it's not, you know, but it's again that comfort factor that I think just takes a little bit of time. Um, and, you know, for us, it, it, it's a bit of a struggle just because I know we want instant results and, and success right away. Um, but understanding that, you know, we just need to keep working, keep committed to it, um, and keep cleaning up the, the areas that are controllable. And, and that's the frustrating part is that. Uh, when you turn the film on, it's just we're, we're a couple of guys off here and there on certain plays, and it's not the same individuals. It's it's you know it's a collective thing, and you know again I always say it. I said to the team Sunday, it starts with myself down. There's no you know finger points. Just get to work, and and we're going to get better this week, and we have a good rivalry game coming up. Yeah, so the receivers obviously you mentioned first year in the system because the se- the receivers are mostly seniors, but for them it's probably a whole new look, right? Yeah, and honestly, it's the first time all four of them have been healthy playing together, mm-hmm. too. So I think it's a little bit of a, a uh, situation of, hey, we got to figure out situations where we have to get certain individuals the balls the, for certain plays. And, and it's, again, there's one ball, but we have to figure out a way to, to find those those areas. Um, but when we have opportunities down the field, we have to capture them. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like that was uh, there was a couple of plays in our game this week that like could have changed some momentum. Um uh, and, and, you know, we just have to make those plays and execute on it. Um, and I know those guys will. We're, you know, we're committed to it. We're going to keep grinding at it. We've played two really tough teams, and, and we have another tough one coming up. So we have to just get back to work um, and prepare for Colby. 
The interception by Johnny Walker in the first quarter, that was pretty impressive. What did you see on that play? It was good. I mean, it was a, a man uh, man coverage. Uh, we were playing out of, out of one of our nickel packages, um, and he made a great play to stay in phase. You know, Tufts has really good receivers, and they have a really experienced quarterback that's, you know, obviously last year was he started to come in to his fruition towards the end of the year. His first game, I believe, was against Bates last year, and um, obviously, you know, 13 Lutz was one of the best in the league, and you know what Johnny did on that play it was a you know switch switch route under and he stayed right in the hip, um, and he made a play. And I think that's something to build off. Like guys, like those are the plays. Now we just have to stack them on top of so and capitalize off it. Because again, we're seven nothing into the second quarter, and it's you know we have the ball in the fifty there. Um, and then you know the end of the half sort of was depleting a, a little bit where we couldn't sustain a drive, and then we couldn't stop them, and um, sort of uh, you know gave them some points in some situations where. We should have guys on guys, and we should. So it's it starts with well, you know, simplifying our playbook again, and, and going back and saying, hey, let's 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 simplify. Let's make sure we know what we're doing. Let's make sure we're communicating, and then, you know, moving forward from there. Reza was averaging five yards per carry before. I think he got dinged up a little bit, yeah. but it sounds like he's back. Yeah, uh, he should be good to go. I think you know he had a, a bit of an eye poke on, mm. on one of the runs, and you know he did a really good job, and the O line did, did a good job with that that front they do is pretty unique um, they stand up and there's a lot of eight-man boxes um, so there's not really a ton of room but we found the creases you know in our gap scheme run game um, we were able to establish that early on um, we just didn't do a good enough job of marrying up when they packed the box of taking the access on the outsides to keep playing um, to being ahead of it you know and I think but you know Rez has been been playing his tail off all year and he's worked really hard and it's impressive to see him in his first year at a position that you yeah. know usually takes some time to to really understand it. Yeah, you mentioned the first drive the defense was able to make you know Tufts really work hard for it. They did have some big plays though later in the game. Tufts did offensively. What are some things you've seen on film that you're hoping to clean up from that perspective? Uh, it's, a, it's again, it's just just doing our job at every position. Um, I mean, we had some instances where we just cut some guys loose, and it it wasn't. Uh, you know, they didn't really do much that that surprised us. Mm-hmm. It was more um, just inopportune moments where, you know, we just don't have all 11 guys on the same page, and, and that's frustrating. Um, and so we have to reevaluate as coaches and say, hey, how can we get this better? How can we get the communication better? How can we get the understanding better? Um, and then, you know, trickle on down for everybody to really see, to sit there and watch the film and say, you know, why? Why, why did we have this instance where, Phil Lutz runs a post and nobody covers him. I mean, that, that to me, is that's that's where you, you're, you're not allowing the team to beat you. You're almost losing the game. And that, to me, is frustrating. Um, so it's something we have to address. We have to move forward um, with and just prepare better. So we're going to do some different things and, and keep, you know, moving the needle and keep competing. And, and I think, uh, you know, the guys will, will get better. We will get better. We touched on this earlier, but with Liam Foley dealing with an injury right now and Colton Bosley starting this week, um, what – how similar or different are they in terms of style of quarterback? I mean, what can fans expect to see, you know, compared to those two, I guess? Yeah, I think they're both they're both great leaders. So that's the most uh, important quality. Um, and I think, you know, they both bring a lot to the table. It's very similar. So I think offensively it doesn't really change what we're doing um, holistically at all. Uh, I think, you know, obviously, you know, Colton and Liam had a strong competition. They both played in this game. They're both going to play in, in the Tufts game regardless. Mm-hmm. So that was the plan going into it. And now, you know, you know, Colton's going to be ready for his moment. Um, he's played in some big games already um, and made some big plays. And, and we're going to go in and try to figure out ways to, 
to ease them into the game, you know, and just get them comfortable and get the receivers going, get the running backs going, get the run game. It's, it's all just about starting the game the right way. And I believe we've done a decent job at that, um, but we can be better where we have to try to figure out a way to put some points on the board early on um, and then build from there. Well, one little wrinkle I saw is you added a first year there at quarterback with some run plays. Tell us about this kid. Sergio uh, yeah. is a great kid. Um, obviously a freshman out of California. Uh, can really run with the ball, um, and he will develop. Um, you know, he can throw the ball too as well. Um, but, you know, what he does on the ground game, he, he's pretty shifty, and he has a you know unique trait there. Um, and it's good to just have that extra added quality to be able to, you know, make a – opposing team prepare for it and also be effective in getting the extra blocker in the run game and um, just adding another piece uh, of getting some athletes on the field and developing um, so you know Sergio's been working really hard and I think he has a really bright future um, he's a great athlete and it was good to get him into that game to, to get some experience on him I'm curious about you know playing Colby under the lights I mean that'll be I'll say exciting experience for the guys I know they're hungry for a win over the mules because there's been some close games recently but recently Colby's been getting the edge but just barely yeah, and, uh, you know, obviously got a ton of respect for Coach Cosgrove and, you know, what Colby's done up there. Um, the, the, you know, we know the challenge ahead of us. They played two t- really tough teams and played them both, you know, really well. They obviously beat Williams week one, and, you know, the Trinity game last week was 13-7 in the fourth quarter at Trinity. Um, and when you turn the tape on, it's, you know, they're a very, you know, disciplined team, um, physical. Uh, and, you know, I think they've – They've seen the product of the, their recruiting processes come through, and they've got you know a senior quarterback that you know does really well with you know making the plays he needs to make and not you know giving you the ball. So he's uh, a guy I like to say is never going to lose you the game because he knows what to do, and that's what experience does for you at that position. Um, well, coach, but uh, you know it's a rivalry game. I mean, we're going up there, and you know, quite frankly, I, I, you know we we feel they're going to you know underestimate us a little bit, mm-hmm. and. and you know, for us, that's that's going to build that that chip that we need. Um, but we just have to practice and continue to focus on ourselves and, and really focus on the little things of how we prepare um, and how we can come into the game and uh, you know execute early on. That's really the focus this week. From an offensive strategy perspective, I guess does a playbook hopefully, ideally, right, sort of open up as the season goes along and these guys get more familiar with it? Is that kind of the idea? Yes, and you know, I think um, when. You struggle with some of the simple concepts that we have. That's when it, you know, you have to peel it back, and it, and it becomes one of those give and takes where, um, you know, the simpler you get, the simpler the other team has to be as well. So it's it's that chess match. So what we need to focus on is how can we, um, you know, stay within the parameters of our playbook, but optically make it look like it's more than what it is, and, and just keep developing with it and find some easy yards. Uh, I think in in the past game, that's that's. Um, what obviously, if anybody's watched the first two games, like you know, you look at it, we have to figure out how to get that rolling earlier on. And um, when the plays present themselves, we have to go make them, you know, because there are some plays out there that, as you saw, you know, Tufts, we had a couple guys behind the coverage, it's just we, we didn't capture on them. And, and that again goes back to like just how paper thin our margins are comparably. Um, and, and that's okay, it's just we have to understand that and, and, and play that way and understand that. Um, you know, we're not there where we can miss on a lot of those and then rebound um, at the moment, you know, and hopefully we increase on those those playmaking abilities. And I know our guys will. I know our guys, you know, our team, nobody takes it harder than them, you know, and, and they want to win badly. And, you know, I know how hard they're working. Um, and it is frustrating, you know, you know, when you don't put the product out there that you believe you can put out there. So we have to just keep working, um, keep grinding at it, keep buying in, and, and it will it will turn around. It was a tough weekend for the soccer, volleyball, and field hockey teams. 
but they all get a chance to bounce back this weekend with home games as it's back to Bates Parents Weekend. Check out the complete schedule at GoBatesBobcats.com and we'll catch you next time on the Bates Bobcast. Thanks.